Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hi, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program, and we are delighted to have with us today Dr. Dave Weldon. Uh, I first came to know of him when he was elected to the United States Congress. He was Congressman uh, Dave Weldon for from 1994 when he was elected, started serving in 95, of course, until 2009. Dr. Dave Weldon, good to have you with us. It's great to be with you, Father Frank. I want to thank you for all you've done for the cause of pro-life. That's what our audience is is particularly committed to. And also, uh, so much of our programming has to do with love of America, uh, love uh, and gratitude to God for our system of government, understanding how faith relates to that system of government. So you are right in the midst of all of that. Uh, And of course, being a member of the medical profession, you're right on the cutting edge of so many of these issues that we're dealing with today. So thanks for your commitment that's uh, manifested in all those areas. Well, thank you. And it's a real pleasure to be here with you and and to speak with you today. my, my political career actually began uh, from the pro-life issue. Okay. Or not. Yes. Uh, it actually was a game of tennis. I was playing with a fellow. He was an engineer, and he went to my church, and he was involved with the local pro-life community, and he said something to me that I, I'll never forget. He mm-hmm. said uh, half of our legislative delegation in Tallahassee uh, was – was pro-choice or pro-abortion, mm. including many of the Republicans. Uh-huh. And we were playing tennis, hitting the ball back and forth, and something just got in my mind. Uh, I, we got to do something about this. Right. And that's how I started getting involved in politics. I was okay. actually trying to change the the makeup of our legislative delegation in our state capital in Tallahassee. So what was your first elected office that you held? Uh, it was U.S. Congress. That was your first. Uh, okay, so when yeah. you, so you were elected in the uh, the the uh, the uh, uh, Gingrich Revolution, as it was called, right? Because the the Republicans hadn't held the House for I think about forty years uh, until ninety four. Yes, I was a practicing physician. Internal medicine is my field, and uh, I jumped in the race in May of ninety four. I was the last candidate to enter. It was very late. Okay, and uh, I stopped seeing patients. In June, uh, the primary was in August. I went on to win the nomination, and um, and I remember I got elected in November, and I had to go back in the office because there were all these patients waiting to see me. Oh my! And goodness. I basically had to say goodbye to them. Yeah, uh, because January second, I was getting sworn into the U.S. House. And yeah, you couldn't practice medicine and and be a U.S. congressman. It was not possible. Would not work. Yeah. So yeah. it was my first elected office. Yeah. And uh, so you served for seven, like terms. seven terms. Yeah. 14 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, I immediately joined the pro-life caucus. So our friend Chris, Chris Smith. Yes. I got to be very good friends with Chris Smith. Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, he he was notorious for poaching my best pro-life staffers. <laughs> I would hire these young people who had a passion for the unborn. <clears throat> yes, and uh, and he would see them, and he was very cordial about it. And right, we'd really like to bring her into the 
pro-life caucus staff. And, Isn't that funny? And, uh, and, and I said, you go ahead, Chris. Yeah. Whatever is mine is yours. So. Oh, boy. Well, those were some some interesting years that the, the Clinton era there where he uh, he and Hillary were pushing abortion in so many different ways. You know, even though he used the phrase as, you know, safe, legal and rare, but the abortion industry is a business. So they're always pushing it. And uh, now, of course, they don't even use that pretense anymore. Right. It's just unlimited abortion that the other side is pushing for. They want no restrictions whatsoever. Yes. For me, the the eye opener on that subject, just how depraved they can be was the debate on partial birth abortion. That's right. And, you were there for that whole thing. And yeah. As as you know, but maybe some of the viewers don't know, when you do that procedure, you basically deliver the baby backwards. You grab it by its feet and it's dangling outside the mother's womb with arms and legs moving and you you put a scissor in the back of the skull and, right. and, and kill the baby and deliver it. And when we were going into those debates on the House floor, I was saying to myself, who could rise and defend this practice? Because right, it is right. clearly infanticide. Clearly infanticide. Uh, but yet there were Democrats, no Republicans, uh, there were Democrats who came to the floor and opposed the bill. It passed, never got through the Senate. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I am always amazed at how we seem to be getting worse and worse as time goes on and some of the things that are, are going on today. But the flip side, the Dobbs decision, wonderful. What a victory. And, yes. And I think people are waking up that, that you know, we were always called the extremists mm -hmm. uh, simply because we believe that human life is sacred and that killing unborn babies is wrong. Mm -hmm. And we were extremists. But it really has shown, I think, to to the eyes of many, many Americans, uh, Christian and, and Catholic and, and, and unbelievers, how mm -hmm. extreme the left really is. And of mm -hmm. course, they're doing a lot of other things besides advocating for abortion. Yeah, exactly. Well, for those that are just joining us, we're talking with Dr. Dave Weldon, former congressman uh, representing uh, his district here in Florida and uh, real uh, strong pro-life advocate in the United States Congress for seven terms. It's an honor to have him with us today. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Weldon, the... Um, one of the things I wanted to mention in terms of your accomplishments in Congress that those of us in pro-life leadership have been very well aware of is the, the Weldon Amendment, as it's called. And, you know, I, when I think about it, <clears throat> we'll explain to our viewers what it is. I think about this pro-abortion group, Catholics for Choice, because years and years ago, they, they had their magazine called Conscience. And they used to, they and I think oh, really all the pro-abortion groups, used to try to advance their, their cause under this rubric of people should have freedom of conscience uh, when it comes to these moral decisions. Now it seems to have flipped completely the opposite, where they are the ones denying the rights of conscience and not just presenting, oh, abortion as an option, but trying to force people, whether it's medical students, to try to force them to participate in abortions, nurses and doctors to, to, to perform abortions. And uh, you've been a pioneer in protecting the conscience rights of both individuals and institutions. Tell us about that. 
Well, I'm, I'm honored that the Weldon Amendment has lived on and has my name on it. Uh, you spend all those years and, and you hope to have a positive impact. And it's been a blessing to me to see the uh, on and off success of the Weldon Amendment. Of course, the Biden administration has, has gutted its provisions. But the genesis of the Weldon Amendment is actually very interesting. I was sitting in my office and one of my staffers came in to show me the website of uh, NARAL, the National Abortion uh, Rights League, I think it was mm -hmm. called, mm -hmm. their, their Maryland chapter, and there was a page on it bemoaning the fact that there was a shortage of, of doctors performing abortions in Maryland, and they were gonna begin a program to mandate abortion training for all medical students and all residents. And I was very disturbed by that. I'm a physician, and what quickly flashed through my mind is being a third-year medical student doing my OBGYN rotation and being told I have to assist in an abortion mm -hmm. and learn the procedure or I couldn't pass OBGYN and I may not be able to get out of medical school. And what would what would I do? Would I right. drop out of medical school, you know? Right. Or would I assist in the procedure? And it made me sick. It literally made me sick thinking that these people wanted to force Mm. these young people to learn this procedure. So I drafted an amendment and it ultimately, you know, got enacted. It was part of another bill that extended the rights of conscience to, um, to, to medical students. And I'll, I'll never forget the testimony I received from this. It's heartbreaking for me to talk about it. This poor nurse, single mom, two kids, and she broke down crying. Mm. She was forced by the hospital administration and the staff to assist in an abortion procedure. And she described how she had two little kids at home. She had no husband. And it, this was a, a, a predicament that she was really in. Do I lose my job? Do I potentially, you know, find myself in a situation where I can't pay my rent or feed my children? Uh, and so she ultimately assisted in it. And she was in my opinion, she was she, she was scarred for life. Yes. She had yes. post-traumatic stress disorder right. after being forced to do this. Um, and you're absolutely right. It, the, the left will try to say it's a right of conscience. What about my conscience? What yeah, about exactly. your conscience? Right. If I don't want to do it, I don't want to learn how to do it. Um, so that's the genesis of the Weldon Amendment. Uh, the Trump administration did a very, very nice rule in support of the. I was just going to bring that up. And yes, they as, did. As soon as Biden came in, yeah, he, he gutted it. Yeah, and uh, and and it shows you elections make a difference. They sure and, do. And, and oh my who goodness, who you have in office, yeah, can really make a huge difference. I, I'll tell you one other thing that motivated me to do the Weldon Amendment. In the course of my political career, and even before. I got elected to office. Many of the doctors on the staff at the hospital knew about my position on pro-life. And I must have heard this statement a half a dozen times. I don't agree with you on abortion, Dave. I'm pro-choice, but I would never do an abortion. Mm. Now, why are mm. they saying why that? Why are they to saying that? Why right. are they saying that to me? Right. And, and you know why, and I know why, and I'm sure most of your viewers know why. They know it's wrong. They know they, it's wrong. They yeah. know it's wrong. Yeah. And they know it's so wrong in the eyes of God Almighty mm -hmm. that they would never want to participate in it. 
And uh, they would never want to participate in it. And you know what I say to what I point out about the politics of abortion, that those politicians who defend it never want to describe what they defend. You'll never if you took the speeches of all the pro-life members of Congress like yourself or any other office and all the pro-abortion members and you dumped them into a word processing program and you searched for certain words, I'm guaranteed certain words would never show up in the speeches of the abortion supporters. Words like blood, arms, legs, dismemberment, decapitation. And yet you take the medical textbooks, how abortions are done, and you'll see those words there. They never want to describe what they defend. Well, actually, you remind me of a pamphlet I once read many years ago, written by an Episcopal priest. And maybe you're familiar with this. He was very active in the early days of the abortion debate, supporting abortion. Mm -hmm. And he finally decided one day he needed to learn a little bit more about it. And so he actually went into the abortion clinic and sat and watched an abortion. There you go. And he describes a little teeny human hand yes. plopping down into the bottle yes. and saying to the doctor, what was that? Like, duh, yeah. what was that? Well, yeah. And the doctor said, what do you think it is? <laughs> and at that moment, he became a pro-life advocate at that moment. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It cuts did, through the lies. 180. 180, right China. there. Yes. When he saw that little human hand, yes. he became an Episcopal version of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, if you're just joining us, we are privileged to be today with uh, Dr. Dave Weldon, uh, former member of the U.S. House of Representatives uh, for seven terms. And we're talking about uh, his, his pro-life commitment, our common pro-life commitment. And uh, now we want to turn to What's next for you? Because uh, you told me the other day, and I was very happy to hear it, that you are back in a political race. Tell us about that. Yes. Well, as you can probably tell by my gray hair, I'm, I'm getting on in years. And uh, I uh, planned on cutting back my hours in my medical. When I left Congress, I went back to practicing medicine. I did a little bit of political consulting and served on some boards. But I was planning on cutting back my hours. And I you know, just felt like, uh, now what, God, you know, what do you have, you know, in store for me? What do you want me to do? And um, it's sort of a long story, but I ended up uh, struggling with this idea of running for the state house. The state house. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people usually move up, not down. But <laughs> John Quincy Adams served as president of the United States and went back to the U.S. House of Representatives. And then went back to Congress. And he died as a congressman, even though he had been, I think, Secretary of State and he had been President, president. of the United States. Mm -hmm. So it, it happens occasionally. One of the congressmen I served with went home to be mayor of his hometown. How so about that? People do occasionally do it. So I'm right. running for the State House. Um, it's a part-time position in Florida, Florida District 32. And... Uh, and I hope to go there and, and, and take up the cause of freedom and liberty and, and uh, stand up for, for the right to life. Uh, we have a very strong pro-life uh, state house. We do. Uh, so it's different from going to Washington where the opposition is very uh, powerful and strong. Right. Uh, so I'll have more friends there. There are more Chris Smiths 
in Tallahassee, exactly. in Washington. Right, right, right. And we've made great progress here in Florida just over the last couple of years, right, with the 15-week the law uh, and then just very recently the heartbeat bill. Yes, we've, we've made steady progress, and uh, I'm hoping to make more progress. Even more. Yes. Tell me about the District 32 covers what, uh, what towns and, and counties? Uh, well, the big area is a town called Melbourne, uh, and it also includes much of Rockledge, and then the town I live in called Indy Atlantic, which is over on the Barrier Island, and another town called Indian Harbor Beach. It's sort of the center of the county, basically. Okay, great. And for people to connect with your campaign, because I'm sure many of our viewers are either are in or know people in those areas, um, what's the uh, website? Oh, it's very, very easy. It's Weldon, W-E-L-D-O-N dot O-R-G. Excellent. Enter Weldon dot O-R-G. You go right to my campaign website. Fantastic. So they'll be able to find the info there. They'll be able to contribute to the campaign. They'll be able to follow what you're doing. Yes, and they can call and and you know, if they want to volunteer and, and certainly probably the most important thing uh, beyond donating at this point in time is to pray. Is to pray. Yes, because yeah. uh, it, it's amazing in politics uh, some of the crazy things that happen. So, oh, it certainly is. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to running again. I enjoy politics, and the nice thing I like about possibility of serving in Tallahassee as a state representative is it's a part-time job the job I had in Washington was full-time yeah and uh, so I can continue my practice I have uh, built up uh, a, a modest medical practice since I left Congress and and I don't have to abandon my patients and your specialty in medicine is what internal medicine mm -hmm. uh, most people aren't familiar with internal medicine if they're under the age of 60 uh, but we're basically pediatricians for adults. We okay. We don't do surgery. I take care of a lot of high blood pressure, diabetes, right. arthritis, the sort of things that happen right. with gray hair and wrinkles. So, <laughs> You know, uh, another uh, member of Congress currently uh, uh, who's also a medical doctor is Andy Harris. Uh, you know Andy? Oh, I know Andy quite well. Yeah. Andy was in the Maryland House. Right. I had a bill banning uh, human cloning. Mm -hmm. and, oh, uh, yes. And he came to me and he wanted to introduce a similar bill in the Senate. So we collaborated on that. And, uh, and he actually came, you know, because he was in Maryland. So he was easily able to come to me in Washington. Mm -hmm. And I, I've got, to, and he's an anesthesiologist. Yeah, he's also a physician. Yeah, and I, I had that bill. It never got through the Senate. I had another bill that actually did become law that mm -hmm. I don't think you and I have ever talked about. Uh, one of the things I was very disturbed about uh, following, uh, you know, medical technology was this idea of cloning human embryos. Yes. Uh, and the thing that bothered me about it, because I could follow what was going on, is, you know, a lot of science research is done with mice and tissue cultures, but there were people who wanted to take science in the direction of actually doing research on human embryos. And uh, the way they were going to do it was through cloning. Mm -hmm. And the classic example is cystic fibrosis, that they would clone human embryos and now they would have human embryonic tissue 
to do research on cystic fibrosis. Uh, so I actually got this enacted into law uh, and it bans um, a patent being offered on a human embryo. Ah, yes. It yeah. And it sort of, the press didn't notice it, and, uh, but it, it basically killed that industry. And, and, and very few people knew about it. Mm -hmm. I knew about it, obviously. But, so there were a lot of other things I did, uh, yeah. certainly supporting people like Chris Smith and, and uh, our efforts on the pro-life issue over those years. I'm, I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish. Yes, yes. Well, we are too, and we're grateful. And we look forward to even more things uh, in the future. Yeah, you never know. I just have to win in November of next year. Of next so 24. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I believe I will. And uh, I believe, you know, God has some more things for me to do this time in Tallahassee as right. opposed to Washington. Right. Well, we look forward to working side by side with you and with your colleagues. And yes. thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Dr. Yes, Weldon. It's been great to be with you. <laughs> Real pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, brothers and sisters. Go to Weldon.org. Find out more about uh, uh, Dr. Dave Weldon's campaign and about all that he has done for America, for the cause of life, and uh, much more to come. Thanks for joining us today. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life, and we will talk to you tomorrow. For Catholic pro-life people throughout the world, Our Lady of Guadalupe is honored as the patroness of the unborn and of the pro-life movement. She experienced an unplanned pregnancy. She chose life. This October 2nd to 8th, you have an opportunity to go to the location where Our Lady appeared to St. Juan Diego. You'll be able to see the actual tilma of Juan Diego on which Our Lady left her miraculous image, and thanks to which the practice of human sacrifice was ended among the Aztecs and millions came to Christ. Priest for Life Executive Director Janet Morana and Pastoral Associate Father David Begany will be among the presenters, as will Deacon Harold Burke Seavers. The pilgrimage will take you to astonishingly beautiful churches and special places like Puebla. Aside from the spiritual refreshment and peace a trip like this brings amidst the insanity of this culture of death, the biggest benefit of joining this pilgrimage is that you'll be with like-minded people from morning to night. This will reinforce your already strong commitment to Christ and to the unborn and forge relationships that will last a lifetime. Sign up at ProLifePilgrimage.com. We hope you'll join us. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.